Good afternoon, Dream Chasers, and welcome back to the Dream Chaser Nation podcast. I'm Kelvin Thomas, the original Dream Chaser, and thank you for tuning in today. Remember to follow our podcast on Spotify, Anchor, or wherever you get your podcast. If you like it, follow and please share with others. Also, follow me on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. I have with me again today, Ms. Wilson, who is a mental health professional here in the Atlanta, Georgia area. We started a conversation before, and Ms. Wilson said something to me that was very intriguing, so I asked her if she would please come back so that we could continue this conversation. And not only this conversation, but since the last time that we talked, so much has happened and so many different examples of racism have come to surface in America, so I also want us to get into some of those things. But if you listen to the previous recording, what Ms. Wilson said to me was that as an African American, it is impossible for me to be racist. And I've kind of ran that around in my head so many times just trying to figure out exactly what she meant. So I would like to continue that discussion today. Good afternoon, Ms. Wilson. Good afternoon. How are you today? I'm well. How are you? I am doing great. Thank you for coming back. Absolutely. So let's start this conversation out talking about racism. And as a clinician, I would like for you to give me, I guess there's no clinical definition of racism, but what is the definition of racism? And tell me why you say that as black people, we can't be racist. There is no clinical definition of racism. And it's funny that you say, what would you define racism as? Because if we look um, online or in dictionaries, we find there are multiple definitions of racism or what a racist, what it means to be a racist. And I think um, in layman's terms, what it means is a group of people that oppress um, individuals that have been marginalized, which are people of color. So I believe that it's pretty much different levels to, um, to races. So depending on what race you are, you're, you're put in a certain category. category. And if you're... Um, let me give you the definition. Can I give you the definition? Yes, please. So, please. listeners, I'm here looking up racism, and there are two different defini- two different definitions. The first one says prejudice, discrimination, or antagonism directed against a person or people on the basis of their membership of a particular racial or ethnic group, typically one that is a min- minority or marginalized group. Okay. The second one says. The belief that one race possesses distinct characteristics, abilities, or qualities, especially as to distinguish them as inferior and or superior to another race or group. Exactly. So depending on what race you're born into depends on what level you're put in into this systematic approach to oppression, pretty much. So if we're trying to uplift the black race or to is also says that you can see others as inferior or see yourself as superior. So if I'm trying to bring my people up or bring my race up, is that not me thinking somehow that I'm superior to another group? Not at all. Why? I don't think that it's you thinking that you're superior. I think that you're just trying to be treated equally and fairly. Um, and, and, and in today's society, um, you have to have some type of socioeconomic status in order to oppress a diff, a, a, a type of people or, or a population of people. And as African-Americans or brown people, we just don't have those tools. We don't have the socioeconomic tools. What about those of us in our, not us, but those in our racial group 
who do have those tools. We have you have to have the tool as a whole. We're oppressed people. We're a minority. So the system is set up for us to be oppressed. So, of course, you have those outliers, those individuals that do make it because those are the ones that what that enable the white privilege like we talked about you know that condone the white privilege or contribute to the white privilege but as a whole brown and black people are oppressed there's no way that you can be racist that's just like you saying um you're supposed to be excited or, or happy with a person that just got through beating you and whooping you. Like the same person that whoops you, you're turning, you're telling me to turn around and, and, and like them. It's a difference between having a, a pain as a people um, and a difference um, in feeling um, frustrated or feeling some type of way because people have shown you who they are and when I say those people I mean the white people because they've done nothing but oppress us so, can, so would you say that only white people in America can be racist they're pretty much they're the only people that has that holds the majority they're the only people that are that holds themselves superior to every other race and puts us in a marginalized group yes Okay. So there are a lot of things that are happening right now, and I'm kind of at a lack of words right now because I'm just in a state of shock because I really never thought about it mm -hmm. in terms of the way that you said it, but I can understand what you're saying. So let's just talk about some examples of things that are going on. You and I just looked at one before the podcast started, and that was my first time viewing that. The young man in St. Louis who was going home to his building, and the white lady blocked him from getting to his building because she didn't believe that he lived there. Right. Is that oppression? Is that racism? What is that? Absolutely. That's racism. Because the reason why he was blocked is because of the color of his skin. He had his key fob in his hand. He had his key fob. But like I said, we don't have that socioeconomic structure. We don't have that foundation. So they assume that because I'm paying $1,500 a month and I'm of such of such uh, stature, I'm, I'm up here. I know that they're unable, they don't look at us like we're of equal. So they're thinking, why would this person have a key fog to this building? Her, even though he showed the key fog, she still said, who are you coming, who are you to, coming visit? to visit? That, that... She, it was unbelievable to yeah. her that he would be able to stay in this building. And then, she followed, him to, then she followed him to his door and he opened the door. And then she wanted to change the, the trajectory of the conversation. But at that point, it was too late because the racism had already occurred. Absolutely. It had already occurred. Wow. So we know that we just moved past, not past, but George Floyd was just buried last week. Yes. And before the week could end, there was another issue here in this city, actually, mm -hmm. where a young man was killed after an altercation with the police. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts about that? The same thoughts. I mean, it's like, what more needs to happen for us to see that these people are showing you that they're so privileged they they will commit murder on a recorded line they will they will allow you to video record them as they're killing us all because they it, think there's nothing wrong with it or they think nothing will happen to them for doing it both there's nothing wrong with it and nothing will happen to them it's proof in the pudding look how many people have passed away you named George Floyd but before that there was a Ma Aubrey and Brianna like, there's so many people that are losing their lives every day because of the color of their skin. On the news this morning, they were saying that there have been 48 
police shootings or killings in I think it was just the state of yes, Georgia and that's ridiculous. in the year of 2020. And that's so And we're sick. just in the sixth month of that's 2020. So sick. Modern day lynching. Wow, so why do you describe it as modern day lynching? Because what else is it? It is slavery. They're killing us off. They're killing us off with no repercussions. And they're killing us off just because that's what they want to do. Because that's their belief system. They don't feel like we belong. And they're, nothing is happening. No disciplinary actions are taking place. So why are we seeing it more now than we have before? Was it actually happening and we didn't know it? I think we're able to record it now. And I think people are getting tired of keeping their mouths closed. And they understand that regardless of if my mouth is closed or open, I'm still going to die. Or, or, or my fellow uh, friend, or my, or my cousin, or my brother, or my sister, they're still, their life is still in jeopardy. Whether my mouth is closed or open, so I might as well open it now. So Gail King made a statement a couple of weeks ago, and I'm not a, really a follower of Gail King. You know, I love Oprah, and I know that's Oprah's friend. Um, <laughs> but she said it, she's the daughter of a black man and the mother of a black man, and she fears for her son, although he's an adult, because it seems like it's open season on black men in America. What does she mean by that? Was it the same thing you were talking about, lynching, or is that something different? Absolutely. I mean, it's like, it just makes me go back to the word picnic. Pick a nigga. Which one are you going to kill today? And that, that's exactly what it makes me think about. I mean, there is no limitation. If you of are if you are of minority, and especially if you are a black sister or brother, you are at risk every time you walk outside of your house. You are at risk sitting in your house. You're at risk for sitting inside of your own home. That you're paying for. That you're paying for. Because you may or may not belong according to what other people Because think. you may or not belong. There has been people that have been killed in their house sitting there eating ice cream because a white person claimed they came to the wrong house and killed them and got away with it. It, it's, it, it, it happens every day. Did she get off on that case? I remember that case. Did you she... know what? I don't know, but I'm sure. I'm, I'm pretty sure she probably did. Wow, I remember that. I, 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 I can't quote it, but they all get off, or they they get off they they get by with just a little, you know, serving a little bit of time. So you know, honestly, it, it's so disheartening that I sometimes just stop following it because here we are, what day fifteen of rioting. And those people that killed George Floyd are still out there mm -hmm. walking around. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. And there's some some information that has come out now saying that the officer actually knew George before and didn't like him because they were bouncers or security. And at the I've same, definitely heard that the same, same story. Wow. So he had some type of mo. So to he kill. so he knew what he was. Yes, it was intentional. And there was a news clip that I watched this morning that actually happened in 2018, but it has resurfaced because nobody ever saw. The video where something similar happened in another state and the gentleman was lying on the ground and he was 47 years old wow. so these are not just 20 year olds right. 24 year olds 30, i mean george ford was 46 right. um and the gentleman said i can't breathe one officer had his hand on his neck the other lady had her knee in his back and she's heard on video saying i don't care oh yeah if, if we could hear the footage of what they're saying i think people mouths would drop or, or would they I mean we should be used to it they don't care can we ever get used to something like can that can we ever I mean we should we should be used to it I mean honestly we should be used to it because it happens every day we should be used to it and so then we're still expected to go into a professional environment or work environment and we're working alongside people so you said I can't be racist 
but sometimes I can't separate my emotions. I know it's not about me. I always tell people that the purpose is larger than the person, so I try not to make it about right. Kelvin right. and just look at the totality of it and how it affects everybody. But if I'm sitting in a room and sitting across the table from people who look different from me, it's kind of hard for me to like separate my emotions from who I am because that's a part of me. When you say separate your emotions, like what emotions would you be experiencing? I'm waiting on them to say something off the cuff or out of the way so I can respond in a way or... You, I really don't... It's kind of hard. So you, you're the therapist. You, you tell me. So when I go into a, a conference room or a boardroom and there are people that are different from me that, that are sitting there, and you know, sometimes before meetings begin or after meetings, people have casual sidebar conversations. I make it a point not to participate in that, but I'm waiting for them anticipating that somebody's going to say something inappropriate. And why is that? I think it's just because, you know, the emotions, our, we, our emotions are so heightened right now because of everything that's going on. So we look at everybody and I'm looking like, okay, is this person racist? Is that person racist? No, I think you're waiting for them to say something inappropriate because they all together are inappropriate. So is that wrong of me to feel that way? Why would it be wrong for you to feel that way when it happens to you every day? When it happens to little black boys and black girls every day. That's what I'm trying to say. We can't be racist if that actually happens to us. White people are judging people just because of how we inherently were born. Because of, of the of, 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 of the way we look, the pigment of our skin. We're being judged right off of that, right off the cuff. You're actually judging a group of people off something that's actually happened to you. This is not make believe. This is real life. So I'm so I'm not wrong, or I'm not. Absolutely not. You're you're definitely right for prejudging the situation because if you don't prejudge a situation, that could be life between the difference between life and death for you. Okay. Okay. Absolutely not. Now, but I want to ask you this question: Do you feel different? Like. Um, being a, a black male, do you feel different? Like, how do you feel? I being accomplished, do you feel like you're directly being affected by this? Like, I think I am being. Feel? I think every and I posted something on social media the other day. Please don't judge me by who I was born, my color, and my gender, but get to know me for my character, my accomplishments, and the things that I do. Get to know me, but people don't get to know you. I was telling a friend of mine, I was getting out of my car one day walking into the grocery store and you know you have to pass other people's cars mm -hmm. to go into the grocery store i heard the click on the lady's door because she was scared when she locked the door i just got out of my car lady i'm not trying to steal your car to go right. somewhere i just mm -hmm. got out of one mm -hmm. i've been in situations where i've gone in down an aisle in a store and a white female would look up and they would jump when they saw me you're the last thing on my mind right i'm looking for a spaghetti sauce mm -hmm. or something right 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 so i do feel a certain way and I think that's what that what that's what makes me say it's hard to separate my emotions I know I can't thrive on emotions because emotions lead us astray mm -hmm. a lot of times but it's just kind of there because but I don't even it could happen at any emotions. minute because it could happen at any minute I just think it's your consciousness I don't even think it's your emotions I think it's just your spidey senses have went up because you know that you are a target so you have to be aware. I don't think that it's that it's your emotions. It's just naturally you have to feel aware of your surroundings when you're in a situation like when you're around white people. You just naturally do. Just like you said, I'm sitting at the table waiting for them to say something inappropriate. 
that is not okay. Because the first time you say something inappropriate, I'm gonna be at the door. Exactly. So why is that okay? I don't. It's not okay. So I just want to make sure that I'm not paranoid and that I'm just not waiting for something to happen. Because no. it may or may not happen. But in my mind, I'm like, okay, at some point. Because it's happened. These, before. It has happened before. Exactly. It's gonna, not that just you're delusional or you're making up stuff. It's not paranoia when it's actually happening to. But you. sometimes people bring it up as if they're joking, but what they're saying is totally inappropriate. But they present it as a joke. And when you say some people, is that usually a white person or a black person? It's usually a white person, of course. And why, and, and, and like, give me an example. Uh, there's so many I can't. I know exactly, and that's because it's not a joke. It's that white privilege. They're they're okay with saying whatever they want to say, no matter how it makes you feel, because there's nothing that you can do. And if I and if they laugh it off, then it's okay, and I'm supposed to accept it. And, I mean, in their minds. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You're supposed to accept it because what else are you going to do? Either you're going to accept it, or you're going to be out of a job. Wow, that's powerful. That is very powerful. So we talked last week about little brown boys and little brown girls. How do we begin to change the direction? How do we switch the direction so that they won't have to encounter these same things? Or is it not? Is it impossible to change? The it's going to take a lot. Um, they're going to encounter it. If you're a little brown boy, a little brown girl, you're going to encounter racism, discrimination, some type of prejudice. It's just something that you're going to encounter. And like I said, it's just up for us to communicate with our kids in real time and let them know, you know, what's going on and, and, and try to protect them in a way where we teach them how to cope with certain stuff that they're that they're going to deal with or just how to prevent certain stuff from happening, like losing their lives. So we talked a little last week and I, when I first, you know, I contacted you and asked you to participate in this podcast, I said I want to talk about race and racial reconciliation mm -hmm. is racial reconciliation a loaded term or is it possible it's very loaded i think i think it's very loaded i think it's multifaceted i think um but i think it's possible i definitely think it's possible but like i said it's gonna take everybody being real and honest with what's really going on and it's going to take everybody wanting to change it can't just be a few people out of a whole system of things this whole system has to be addressed and it has to change it has to change regardless the whole system is set up for the minority to be oppressed regardless so until that changes and the people that are able to change it um, and it's it, which are these stakeholders and these these people these white people then nothing is gonna there's always gonna be that underlying thing where black people are gonna deal with discrimination and racism so we're sitting around this conference table and there are six chairs six mm -hmm. people to fit around this table mm -hmm. so what if we invited a police a white police officer a black police officer a Klansman a therapist and an activist mm -hmm. to sit down. Would you be able to engage in dialogue with a Klansman and un not understand? I posted the other day that everyone has something to say, so let's take the time to listen. Would you be able to sit here and listen to a Klansman or a police officer that is perceived as racist to try to come to some type of resolution? Would absolutely. You? Why wouldn't I be? I don't know. Would yeah, it, it wouldn't be easy. 
what how would you separate well, your emotions? Me, for me it would be del- it would be delightful and the reason being is because I feel like we need to have those open conversations and I feel like a lot of their their reasons for oppressing us as a people is so ignorant because they don't know and they don't have conversations with us so I feel like me having a conversation with a Klansman or a white police officer might give them a little you know insight to our culture and and um you know the things that we deal with our challenges and our struggles to maybe get them to understand that we are being oppressed as a people and if we as a nation want to be like this 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 um free land of america then we all have to work together for the common goal of you know racial reconciliation so what if they say to you ma'am that's just you just making excuses well, why would they say that? If you if you're trying to help them understand how we as African Americans have been oppressive, they don't see it as oppression. Then they would they could possibly say, "Ma'am, those are just as excuses. Why are you making excuses for people?" Well, I think excuses and facts are two different things. Okay. Um, and so when I come to the table, I would come with facts. Everything that I speak of when it comes to my people um, is factual. I mean, it's there, so it's black and white. So I don't think that they could say. You know, these are excuses when they're actual facts. I mean, they're actual facts that black people are oppressed. Um, and so there's no crime that I could commit that I, that needs to result in me dying. So even if I did just rob a bank and it ended with me being shot or killed by a police officer, that doesn't take away from the fact that I robbed the bank. You understand what I'm saying? Right, I understand. So, that. so I committed a crime. Right. But it ended up being something totally different. Right. So I see their argument being, but these are criminals. Mm-hmm. But you can't equate, you know, an, an offense with taking someone's life. But I'm just, you know, putting out there the excuses that can be made. I mean, of, that's just like me saying you're not God. You're a police officer. You don't have the right to take lives of others. There are criminals, yes. And as a police officer. We as society pay police officers to protect us. And what they're supposed to do is do their job and protect us. The the motto is to serve and protect. But there was a debate this morning saying that police departments have become militarized. They have. That the training that police officers receive are, you know, is similar to the training that military people receive when they get ready to go into combat. Yeah, and to me it's lack thereof. They don't have the proper training that they need to police the streets i mean just because a person robs a bank doesn't mean that they deserve to uh lose their lives i mean if i wasn't and that was just an example no no because the reason why i want to i want to stick with that is because what i try to tell my clients is there's a very thin line for example if the world keeps going the way it is and, and and i lose everything tomorrow and i have kids at home that i have to feed um, I have sick parents at home that I need to take care of, and I lost my job and I don't have anything. Do you think I won't go rob a bank to survive to, to to take care of my family? That doesn't mean that I'm criminal in mindset. That means I'm just trying to be a survivor. That doesn't mean that I want to lose my life. It just means that I'm trying to survive, and that's what people are doing. Okay. That's what people are doing. So the case that happened here, the gentleman was in line. And he was clearly intoxicated. And he was having a conversation with the police officer. So how does it go from a conversation to him running and then being shot from behind, basically? Well, first I, first of all, I think everybody needs to think about the 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 
the, the picture as to what it was. The guy was intoxicated. So what do people do when they're intoxicated? They do stupid things. They do things that they really don't mean to do. They say things that they really don't mean to say. I'm not making an excuse, but if he was intoxicated, clearly he wasn't in his right mind. So I would hope that as a trained police officer, you understand that his senses are kind of inhibited right now. So he's not as strong as he usually would be. He's not as coherent as he usually would be. He's not as smart as he's usually, he is not thinking clearly as he usually would be. So you don't really have to do all of these forceful things because he's drunk. You know what I mean? The, the boy, they and say he said he was off. very calm. He seemed like he was very calm he, even he, when he, he was, was running. Calm, but yeah. he ran. Okay, he ran. Run after him. What, are we lazy now? Don't we go to training? Aren't you guys in shape for a reason? Use your feet. Run. Now we don't even want to run. We want to take out our taser and overuse that and abuse that. And then we want to shoot people. That's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. That's crazy. My cousin graduated from police academy a couple of years ago, and we went to the graduation or the pinning ceremony, whatever they call it. They showed on the video their training. They get tased mm -hmm. as part of that. Yes. They get the Mace. pepper spray mm -hmm. in the eyes, but you recover from that. You do. So they're trying to say that he turned around and pointed the taser. The taser is not equivalent to Absolutely. someone pointing a gun at you. Absolutely, because guess what? They say you recover from it. You, you recover right exactly. away. Not not exactly. right away, but you exactly. do recover. Yeah. So what was the point of kill, killing, shooting him in the back and taking his life? Shooting him in the back. Why don't you just add on another charge? Mm -hmm. You know, you, you killed this man. He, who knows if he has kids? He does have three kids. He has kids. And a wife. And a wife. They have to watch that. Because it's all over the news. And guess what? He was intoxicated. So guess what? You have no leg to stand on because you can't even say that he was even competent enough to even understand what the hell he was doing. And, and Haven't you done stuff when you were drunk and you don't remember? Yes, we all have. That is a symptom of being intoxicated. Of, of, intoxicated. Even beyond that, you know, George Floyd called for his mother. This gentleman said that he was just coming from visiting his mother's grave. And when you listen to the full video, it's clear he doesn't even know where he is. Exactly. He's, he's thinking he's that he's delusional. on. A, he's yes, thinking he's that he's on a road that he's not even he's on. And he was so in the he car asleep. So how do you feel about those people? This starts another conversation. How do you feel about, about those people who call rather than going knocking on his window saying he was in his car asleep? Someone called the police and said that he was blocking the drive through. So, so I can understand why somebody would call the police because guess what? In today's day and time, you don't know who door you're knocking on. Why couldn't the manager come out of the store and say, hey, sir, you're blocking our drive through the, the manager could have done that, but maybe the manager was scared. I don't know what was going through the manager head. Maybe it was too late. And like I said, it is some crazy people out there. So you are sometimes nervous to, to police yourself or take things in, in your own hands. To me, I would have said, okay, let's knock on the door. But if we would have saw somebody probably was drunk or asleep, you don't know if they needed medical attention. I may have called the police. You don't know. Okay. You don't know. You don't know. You don't know what the thoughts were. I don't think her intention was for that person to end up dead. No, I could, I could say not. No, I, I don't think that. Yeah. I think that she definitely will regret that call being that her car resulted into that guy being dead. And I, and I do feel like that's what people don't understand. This is like ongoing trauma for black people. So how do you counsel people then? What do you mean? You just, you have to get through it. You still have to get through it. That's just like throwing in the towel and saying, well, we're going to die by police one day. So we might as well just kill ourselves now. No, you just have to fight through it. And as therapists, 
we just have to we just have to um, capitalize on the strengths of each individual that comes before us. So if I come to you and I say, "Hey, I'm a black man," I, I just feel like the world is all against black men, and in three years, I think you know something's going to happen. How would you deal with someone like me? Well, it just depends, you know. And I don't want to say I would, you know, deal with you know you the same way that I would deal with somebody else. But, you know, I would just start by asking you, you know, what do you expect to get out of therapy? Like, what outcomes? And I would also be realistic and let you know that these are outcomes that could come out, you know, during therapy. And it could be X, Y, Z, depending on, you know, what we're assessing and what we're trying to accomplish. So that that just depends on what we would work on. But, you know, ultimately just trying to work on your strengths and just coming from a strengths uh, based approach, um, you know, so that you have a little bit of hope because that's what black people are, are, are really living off of. It's just a little bit of hope, a little bit of faith. So how can you, can you teach hope? Can hope be taught? Absolutely. I think hope can be taught. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hope can be taught. Hope can be taught in many different ways. I mean, hope could be taught just from you, um, turning on the TV, um, using the microwave, looking at airplanes, all of those were built by black people. Like hope can be taught. You just have to understand how to capitalize on someone's strength and get them to realize that they're strong enough within to have hope themselves. Okay. Okay. So when we burn up our own neighborhoods, um, why do we keep saying we're burning up our own neighborhoods? We don't own shit. We we don't own it, but these are places where we live. But but we don't own it. So you and I both have been in the neighborhood. Well, who cares? In the neighborhood where the restaurant was burned down. Right. So if I if I'm craving Wendy's today right. and I live in that neighborhood, then I gotta go to a neighbor another neighborhood to get Wendy's because Wendy was burnt Wendy's was burnt down last night. So that's what I'm saying when we destroy our own neighborhoods. Well, guess what? Who cares? And to me, right now, I think that's so minute for us to even be thinking about about. A damn Wendy's burger, and I use profanity because it's. You're it's, very passionate. It's, I'm very passionate, and not just that. It is like we keep saying we're burning down our own neighborhoods. No, we don't. We're not. We don't own nothing. None of that is ours. We work for the white people in those neighborhoods. They own it. We don't own that stuff. We don't own this stuff. None of this stuff is ours. And the only way that we're going to get people to start seeing our size or even just seeing us, period, is to do drastic things like burn stuff down. But T.I. said withhold your money. Don't give your money. So and, and I, and I, but that is a way of holding your money because you can't go get that burger that you were craving tonight. No, but they've got insurance, so they're going to rebuild it. They are going to rebuild it, but guess what? That insurance is money. they still having to put some type of capital into that rebuilding, and it's still somehow affecting the economy because now they're going to have to use their insurance policy. You know, so people, and, and it's like, people are like, oh, they're burning out something. Why they got to burn it? I mean, when... When we want something as a country done, we want to show somebody that we're not playing. What do we do? We go to war. Mm -hmm. So that's what we're doing. We're going to war. Mm -hmm. We don't give a shit about none of this stuff. We're burning it down. Do you think our nation will ever be the same or has the last six months changed? I hope it will never be the same. 
Do I think anything has changed now? No. The only thing I think we're doing now is getting everybody pissed and hot and bothered and people are showing their true colors. And that's what we need to see. We need to be able to distinguish which ones are the ones and which ones are not the ones. And 90% of them are the ones. Okay. Mm -hmm. This is a very interesting discussion, a very engaging and lively discussion, but we we're at the thirty minute mark, okay. and I don't want to take up too much of your time. But I could always invite you back. Now of you, course, you can come back Please week after week. Yes. You have some colleagues that you want to invite, um, but I think this is a very relevant and timely discussion that needs to be had. So I hope that people listen, tune in, send in questions or whatever, because there's so much happening now. Like you said, it's probably been happening, but with the onset of social media and people. And I'm just I'm glad that people have the record button on their phone because oh people would get by yes. with much more oh, than yes. they are now if there was yes. not a record button Absolutely. on a phone. So, you know, I'm grateful for for, for smartphones. Yes. Um and know your rights regarding your phones, black people. I pay my bill every month, so I have a right to You do, but I I have been a victim where I've been pulled over and the police told me to turn my phone off. But they don't have that right. So know your rights. Okay. Is there a law that we can look up or do you, do you... I would just say look up laws in your, um, regarding cell phones in whatever state you're in. Okay. Okay. So any closing remarks, anything you would like to add or anything like that you would like to summarize? Yes. Um, I would just like to tell our people just to stay woke, um, um, stay positive, um, as positive as you can. Um, if there are any issues that you feel like are just too overwhelming, please seek help. Um, it's not mental illness, it's mental health. And we all need to work on our mental health. I think it's just as important as our physical health, especially in this day and time. Um, and just keep empowering your children to let them know that they're, they're um, brilliant, resilient creatures of the world. Um, and because of their power um, and their God-given talents, um, that have been enmeshed in their blood for centuries after century. That's why we keep seeing what we're seeing on TV now. Um, so don't be intimidated. Um, just be honored. So I was thinking about, and I'm going to ask your opinion, calling this segment, why can't black people be racist or can black people be racist? But if you were to give this discussion a name, what would you call it or a title? Um... Race with me. Race with me. Yeah. Okay, we're gonna go with that then. Yeah. Subtitle. You go ahead for the subtitle. <laughs> okay. Race with me. All right, Dream Chasers, you heard it here first. Race with me. Can black people really be racist, or can they not be racist? Thank you for tuning in, and as always, mindset is everything. Success belongs to the dreamers and the doers, and be deliberately and intentionally great on purpose, even if other people choose not to be. Have an awesome day.